Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has called on Vice President Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment in order to remove Donald Trump from office. Trump has only around 13 or so days left in his presidency, but they want to move swiftly and quickly now. And Democrats have already introduced articles of impeachment. We have statements from Ilhan Omar and many others. And we have actual resolutions introduced by Presley, Omar, Cicilline, Lou, Green, Hank, Johnson, Tlaib, Gonzalez, Bowman, Jones, Escobar, Ocasio-Cortez, and Bush. And we're also hearing from Cory Bush and AOC that there should be no reconciliation, that senators and congressmen, members of Congress who supported the president via objection, should be expelled and they should resign. The escalation is dramatic. It's quite nightmarish. And the statements are just escalating. Scarborough over on MSNBC, screaming, cussing, calling for the immediate arrest of Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and Trump Jr. My friends, from here, it just gets worse. It's not pessimism. It's not, it's not, it's, it's realism. You cannot have, uh, for instance, Ted Cruz call for unity. He did. Ted Cruz says we need to stop this. We need peace. We need to put aside the anger and come together. And the response from Ocasio-Cortez was, no, you should resign. Everything we're seeing is rooted in the inability, in the refusal of the establishment media and the Democrats to listen and to actually work with those on the right. Now, I'm not talking about Republicans necessarily, but that is for the most part the case as well. Establishment Republicans are willing to just give in and cave to stop. They'll say, whatever you want, Democrats, we just don't want the fighting. And that's exactly why we see Ted Cruz call for peace. And that's exactly why we see AOC say, no, you resign. They say that Kamala Harris is the most liberal member of Congress because in the Senate, she doesn't work with Republicans. Now, when they say that she's the most liberal, it's almost like they're implying that she's pushing extreme far left policies. She not. She's not. But what they're really saying is that when you look at compromise, Bernie Sanders compromises with Republicans more than Kamala Harris does. And that's scarier. These are politicians. These are Democrats who will not negotiate at all. And now we see from Cori Bush and Ocasio-Cortez when they say that there should be the immediate investigation, removal and expulsion from Congress. Anyone who supported the president. Well, where do you where do you think we go from there? When you start saying those who we ideologically oppose shall not be allowed to participate, you create the unheard. And when we go a year plus or years of the left saying that riots are the language of the unheard, don't be surprised when this escalates. Was yesterday the shot heard around the world? I mean, I mean it seriously. These are my thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm really scared about what's happening in this country right now. A woman was climbing up on a window and was shot. The, the Capitol Hill, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Capitol Police officer who shot her has been p- placed on, on, on administrative leave. And many people are saying that she's a martyr. They're now trying to immediately remove the president. There's calls for the vice president to resign. And the worrying thing is, no matter what anyone says, it's it's you're with us or you're against us. It's bloodlust or it's nothing. For instance, I can sit here all day and say, please stop fighting. Violence won't solve anything. 
and the left will attack me and blame me and threaten me. No joke. Ted Cruz can say, please, please stop. And they'll say, no, you bend the knee. And the only thing that comes out of this escalation, hyperpolarization, it is the snowball rolling down the hill and I expect it will only get worse. Let's read the news and I'll show you the resolution to impeach Donald Trump. The statements made by many others calls for Trump to be removed under the 25th Amendment. And where we go from here, some of the most nightmarish things I've ever heard. An ABC uh, uh, article calling for the cleansing of Trump's supporters. We've heard this language before. Let's read. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. The best thing you can do, share this video. If you want, if you want to support my work, I can't predict what this year will bring, but I can certainly say I see no reason why it would be better than the last. I don't. I say it all the time. Why would the escalation stop? And I'm not saying that it should or it it has to. I'm just saying, why would it? Give me a good reason why we're on this path where the escalation has only gotten worse every single day. Tell me what makes you think it will just stop now and go back the other direction. Maybe it does. Maybe it all ends. I say this all the time. Or maybe yesterday was the shot heard around the world, the storming of the U.S. Capitol, people posting that it was the revolution. Absurd. A woman being shot and killed, four people ultimately dying. And now they are demanding the removal of the president. If you take it seriously and you think I do a good job in discussing these issues, please share this video. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell because we'll see how long this can last. Ilhan Omar posted yesterday night. Today, Rep. Omar announced articles of impeachment against Donald Trump. Full statement below. She said today. I watched as armed terrorists storm the U.S. Capitol, including the House and Senate chambers, in an effort to stop the certification of our presidential election. Members of Congress, our families, staff and law enforcement's lives were all put at risk. We should not mince words about what this was, a coup attempt in the world's leading democracy, no less, no less. Thankfully, I am now safe in a secure location, but I am heartbroken about what we are enduring at our nation's capital. This is not a one-off incident. It is the result of years of collaboration on the part of the Republican Party, who have aided and abetted Trump's criminal attempts to destroy our republic and the cause of democracy around the world. All leaders should denounce this coup, and the president should be impeached and removed from office for his open sedition. This is the language they're using. And she's not just saying Trump, she's saying the Republican Party. More conservative individuals seem to be fleeing blue states to red states. The ideological entrenchment is thickening, worsening, becoming more dense. We now have a resolution put forward by the uh, individuals I named earlier. It states in the 117th Congress first session, H. Res, impeaching Donald Trump, president of the United States, for high crimes and misdemeanors. They say resolved that Donald John Trump, president of the U.S., is impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors, and the following articles of impeachment be exhibited in the U.S. Senate. Articles of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives in the U.S., United States of America in the name of itself and of the people of the U.S. against Donald Trump, president of the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Language, language, language. We get it. They go on to mention on January 2nd, Trump violated his constitutional duty to take care of the laws of the U.S. by faithfully executing when on a recorded call, he repeatedly asked Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to overturn the finalized and verified results. We know about the leaked phone call. They go on to say Article 2 
in his conduct of the office of president of the United States and in violation of his constitutional oath to faithfully execute the office of the president of the U.S. and to the best of his ability, preserve, protect and defend the Constitution in violation of his duty. He has abused the power of the presidency to incite violence and orchestrate an attempted coup against our country. The New York Times impeach and convict right now. Trump is too dangerous to leave in office for even another minute. From the Hill, Megan McCain calls on Republicans to invoke the 25th Amendment. Rep. Adam Kinzinger becomes first Republican to call for Trump's removal from office by 25th Amendment. President-elect Joe Biden, don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. It's that basic. It's that simple. Nobody will say we are a country of a, uh, we are a nation of many people with disagreements, a disagreement uh, and many disagreements that have escalated to the extreme degree that we find ourselves at today. We need to ask people to be calm and we need to come together, admit our faults and shake hands and agree on a way that we can move forward peacefully so that we can ensure the prosperity and the civility of this nation. Where is it? Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz said it. Here's the problem. The left won't. And I'm not trying to play into this tribalist game. That worries me. Coming out and saying, oh, the left won't accept this. They won't call for unity and things like that. Joe Biden tweeted that he wanted unity. And no one on the right wanted it. They said, how dare you after four years of insulting and impeaching and scandals against the president think we'll have unity with you when you wouldn't have unity with us. But the left responded to Joe Biden in kind, saying, you think we'll have we'll unify with these people. And here we are. I want to I want there to be peace. I want to unify and, and re return things to normal and go back to just petty squabbles about who's right and who's wrong and who's dumb and who's not. But it's gotten violent over the past year and people are breaking down. Cory Bush, I will be calling. I will be introducing a resolution calling for the ex their expulsion referring to members of the Republican uh, Republican members of Congress who have incited this domestic terror attack through their attempts to overturn the election, and they must face their consequences. Ocasio-Cortez tweeted, our republic is in great danger, and it's imperiled further without swift action to protect it. The president incited an attack on Congress. He is deeply unstable. The cabinet must invoke the 25th Amendment. Congress must also pursue impeachment and removal of the president. Additionally, Congress must pass Rep. Corey's resolution to investigate for sanction and expulsion any member of Congress who helped incite this attack on our nation. She responded to Ted Cruz. Let me read you what Ted Cruz said first, because I respect Ted for saying it. The attack at the Capitol was a despicable act of terrorism and a shocking assault on our democratic system. We must come together and put this anger and division behind us. We must, and I am confident we will, have a peaceful and orderly transition of power. My full statement. Yes, the the uh, everything we saw yesterday, whatever you want to call it, it was wrong. It was it was ill advised. It was ignorant. It would accomplish nothing. Except now many people are already facing jail. They're already being arraigned before a judge. I think many of these people will go to prison. But it seems like so far 
the the charges being brought against many of these individuals is just unlawful entry into the Capitol. That's it. I don't believe that will be particularly substantive in terms of jail time, but they're instructing these people leave D.C. and not come back. Ted Cruz has called for peace. In response, Ocasio-Cortez says, Senator Cruz, you must accept responsibility for how your craven, self-serving actions contributed to the deaths of four people yesterday and how you fundraise off this riot. Both you and Senator Hawley must resign. If you do not, the Senate should move for your expulsion. Did Eric Swalwell resign when it was uncovered that he was engaging in relations with a spy out of China? That's that's the report and the allegation. No. Was there a resignation from these members of Congress who defended the riots we saw across this country? No. What about when we saw a church in Washington, D.C., D.C. set ablaze, a historic landmark across from the White House? No. When Nilhan Omar was accused repeatedly of anti-Semitic statements, did they even censure her? No. But now, after all this, with Ted Cruz saying, calm down, please have peace, they insist on escalating everything. And there is nothing anyone can do because these people control the institutions and they allow the likes of Scarborough, Joe Scarborough of MSNBC to scream and rant and swear on his show that all of these people should be arrested. I will criticize Trump when he said lock her up. And I said it before and I'll say it again. And I will criticize them now when they call for the same thing. And I will not pretend that Trump is innocent in any of this. Trump has lost. And there you have it. I've, I've maintained the guy wasn't perfect. I don't know what to say about uh, voting for the guy, but he lost. And I said he lost when they announced that he lost. I said that there's going to be a legal constitutional process and we'll follow it. And I warned that even though I truly believed that though there is evidence of fraud, I, I have, we have not seen it to the extent that it would have changed the outcome of the election. And well, we haven't actually seen the court hearings to process this. I said since November 7th, Joe Biden is going to be uh, certified and brought in. And maybe there's a lightning strikes chance. You know, early on, I thought it was slim, single digits, because Trump was filing lawsuits and the media was calling it. They didn't even count the votes. After the Electoral College and a lot of these lawsuits being dismissed, I took a lot of flack from Trump supporters for saying, I mean, this is it. Well, how is this going to change? Trump is going up against the machine. Joe Biden is, you know, declared the winner. I take flack for that. I don't, I don't think anybody wants peace. You know, uh, I guess what I should say is I think there's a lot of regular people who do probably most of you who are watching, but there are a lot of people who are just fed up and we've heard many calls for what they say is a peaceful divorce of everything. I, I'm worried that that may be the only way out. And I'll show you why. First, from the Sarah Carter show, Joe Scarborough calls for arrest of Trump Giuliani and Trump Jr. in a fiery speech. That's putting it one way. He was screaming at the top of his lungs, cussing, saying that if they, these men are not arrested by today, I believe he said by today, that uh, here's what he said. If these insurrectionists were black, they would have been shot in the face. That's what he said. And my God, if these insurrectionists were Muslim, they would have been sniped from the top of the buildings. So I want to know from the Capitol Hill police, what is it? Just white people? He says, you know, you let the doors in, you open, you open the doors for them and let them breach the people's house. What's wrong with you? He doubled down. Are we a nation of laws? Are we a nation of one man? 
That's insurrection against the United States of America. And if Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani and Trump, uh, Donald Trump Jr., Rudy Giuliani and Trump are not arrested today for insurrection and taken to jail and booked. And if the Capitol Hill police do not go through every video and look at the face of every person that invaded our Capitol, and if they are not arrested and brought to justice today, then we are no longer a nation of laws. And we only tell people they can do this again. Gee, Joe, what do you think we have all been saying about the violence in general that was ignored by the likes of you and people like Cuomo and many other pundits and leftists when they cheered on or defended the violent rights that swept this nation? Peaceful divorce, they say. I don't believe it's possible and I don't think would ever happen, but far be it for me to know what's going to happen now. None of this is normal. There's no way to even talk about this without inciting some kind of hatred or anger from one side or the other. ABC in a in a in a piece titled uh, threats that will outlast Donald Trump expose exposed in siege of capital. The note Rick Klein and Mary Alice Parks. We hear this even aside from impeachment and 25th Amendment talk. Trump will be an ex president in 13 days. The fact is that getting rid of Trump is the easy part. Cleansing the movement he commands or getting rid of what he represents to so many Americans is going to be something else. Dangerous rhetoric. How do we convince people to slow down? How do you tell this person, please don't use this language? How do you say it's time that Trump supporters sat down and had a conversation with progressives and Democrats? It's times it's it's time now that we lay down our figurative swords and discuss how we avoid this. I can say it a million times, I guess. You know, obviously, Ted Cruz wants to. Here's where we go next. Jim Cramer tweets, will banks that lend money to the Trump business empire pull their lines of credit? Should they? Will they? Pro or anti-Trump? This matters. Already, people are asking whether or not we will have politics in our banking Should Trump not be allowed to bank anymore? For what? What crime did Trump really commit? He called on his supporters. He's complained and given his opinion. And I think a lot of what he's done has been disastrous. Absolutely. Was there an explicit call to action other than him saying, go home and in peace? Now, I I certainly think his initial statement as this all was going down, saying this is what happens when a great and glorious landslide is taken away. Not appropriate. But a far cry from actual incitement. From this, Facebook has announced they will be blocking Trump for the remainder of his term, Facebook and Instagram, because they said they feared that what he was saying would incite more violence. And that's an interesting uh, conundrum. Yes, um, Trump could say things that results in people getting angry and doing something. Anybody can. But shouldn't the line be Trump's direct call for violence? Not anymore. And this is where we go. They're going to say that, Tim, you know, you were talking about what was going on and then people heard about it and encouraged it. And this is how they ban speech. This is how things start to get even darker. Walter Bloomberg tweets, Trump organization's web, uh, Trump, uh, website, Trump store is taken offline by Shopify. Trump campaign's e-commerce site closed by Shopify. Shopify says it closed it closed websites associated with the president after the riot at the Capitol. But nothing for Black Lives Matter. They were allowed to raise $10 billion and we begged, stop, please. No, 
they cheered it on. As they cheer it on now and condemn Trump and his supporters, it's all wrong. It doesn't matter if it's a Trump supporter or Antifa doing it. It doesn't matter if it was Antifa burning a flag they stole from someone's house or a Proud Boy stealing the Black Lives Matter banner from a church. We must be a nation of laws. It doesn't matter if it was Antifa destroying small businesses or the cops destroying small businesses. It was wrong. But that's not how this world works. The institutions are controlled by the left, and that means they will continue to do these things. And that means when the results like this hit, you're going to get angry Trump supporters who don't back down. From the Hill, Trump has deleted the tweets that led to his Twitter lockout. They instructed him that he had to remove them. Otherwise, he would not be allowed access to his account again. I don't know if they're going to restore his account. Other people have been speaking for him. TechCrunch, Snapchat locks President Trump's account. Just going to keep happening. And of course, we have the announcement from YouTube. I tweeted, YouTube has just announced that due to the events of yesterday at the Capitol, they are moving up the timeline on election-related misinformation removals from the 20th to today. Videos claiming widespread fraud or error alter the election will receive a strike and be removed. I can't imagine that what made the problems happen in the first place will rid us of the problems now. It's like I said, there is a fire in the house and they're telling you that throwing more fire, spraying it with a flamethrower will make it better. They're, they're saying right now the National Guard is to remain active in D.C. throughout Inauguration Day. Good, I suppose. But from uh, from where, where we are now, I just kind of feel like to say it's only just begun would be wrong. To say that it was uh, that it's over is wrong. But it, it's more apt to say it's only just begun in the context of we knew the escalation was coming. And we knew that the anger and the resentment and the tribalism and the hyperpolarization would lead to something truly devastating. And now we are here. And it's not just about those who stormed the Capitol. While I disagree with it, think it was wrong. I think Black Lives Matter and leftists were doing similar things, not the same, but way more of it for a longer period of time. What's happened now is that the establishment has recoiled in pure rage that you dare, you dare go near them. When the anti-Kavanaugh protesters went to the Supreme Court, banging on the doors and took over the atrium at the Senate building. But, you know, that's part of the establishment. That's okay. They didn't like what Republicans were doing. Joe Biden has been confirmed president-elect by Mike Pence. They're now, the left is now saying, see, we won. And they're using their new majority powers to try and go after Republicans to have them expelled, investigated. Do you think there will ever, ever be a successful Republican president again? I don't. And I think so for a couple of reasons. Many Republicans like Mitch McConnell have abandoned the president. Trump supporters support the president. Obviously, they're Trump supporters. They make up the larger faction of the uh, uh, of the Republican voter right now, a voter base. Trump had like 90 percent approval. Moving forward, I imagine Trump supporters will not be supporting the Republican Party. And this is exemplified by the, the Georgia Senate races. Democrats won. Many people thought it wouldn't happen, but they did. They won. And it's interesting because Trump got, I think, 2.4 million votes and the Republicans got like 2.1. So about 250,000 Trump supporters did not vote for the Republicans, for the Republican Senate candidates. How do you think that's going to play out in the future without Trump? 
Do you think people will turn around and say, I'm going to vote for these individuals, the ones who didn't have my back? No. More importantly, as the left has weaponized the media, social media against the Republican Party, can the Republicans ever actually win again? Or are we going to see anyone who dares try just be a marginalized candidate? You know what I think we'll see from now on? When it comes to the presidency, at least, we're going to see weak and feckless Republicans who support most of the Democratic policies, but just claiming they're Republican, get a fraction of votes. And the Democrats will get larger amounts of votes. Why? Trump supporters won't support the Republican Party unless the Trump supporters are the ones who take it over. But Democrats in the media will claim now that anyone remotely Republican is just like Trump or Trump 2.0, and we can't have this and you must stop it. And they have already learned that they can use every ounce of power within their cultural institutions to do what they want and insult, smear, lie, and cheat to get what they want. And if you try and be honorable and you try compromise, they will accuse you and try to destroy you. And that's where we're at. If I can condemn all violence, if people like Cruz can call for peace, what more should anyone ask for? But we don't get it. The left pulls and they pull and they pull and they threaten and they and they riot and nothing. No uh, reconciliation, no justice, no karma, nothing. We watch people's lives and homes destroyed by Democrat policies, notably with the lockdown and with the riots. And it's all protected and it's all defended. When I criticize Cuomo and Newsom and other governors for literally violating the rights of poor people, and especially uh, people of color in many different areas who are the deep most impacted by the closures, the left accuses me of nonsense and attacks me because so long as you agree with Democrats, they can do whatever they want. That's establishment institutional power. I don't know what Trump's going to do next. There's a lot of uh, conspiracy theories and rumors flying around. I don't know what you're going to do next. A lot of people are asking the questions on the IRL podcast. You know, should we, uh, you know, what do we do from here? And I honestly have no idea. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start building stuff, you know, like skateboard ramps and videos and have fun and try and get away as much as possible from the insanity that's, that's going on because I don't, I don't want to fight. Fights don't work. Violence doesn't work, but we're heading in that direction and it's crazy, right? The crazy thing is that like what the Trump supporters did was only extreme because it was the Capitol building and it was during the electoral vote count. The idea that they would break into a building and break windows, I mean, what they did was nothing in terms of destruction compared to what we saw from the left. But it was the political process that was attacked. More surgical, I suppose. I just tell you, man, I, I feel like the only thing we can expect is that Scarborough, Cortez, other pundits, Maddow, Hayes, etc., they're going to keep escalating this. ABC saying cleansing the Trump movement is horrifying rhetoric. My prediction, Joe Biden becomes president. He's already called this insurrection. There's going to be truth and reconciliation commissions. They're going to target individuals who are ideologically opposed to them. And the track we are on is perfectly reminiscent of other historical civil wars and conflicts that have occurred or the rise of authoritarian regimes. It could go the other way. It really could. I mean, people think Trump is down and out. They really do. I think I think he is. But look at history. The people who had been arrested and imprisoned and then got out of prison and became dangerous or revered individuals. 
just because Trump is being threatened, just because they're saying they want to impeach and convict him, and just because everything we're seeing right now seems to be very against Trump, doesn't mean that he doesn't turn around and do something. I don't know what you can expect other than Trump supporters are angry, the anger won't go away, and the left is inflaming everything. Censorship is already getting worse. They're going to go after bank accounts of individuals, banning websites. Here we go. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tonight at 8 p.m. I think we're going to have a really interesting show. Uh, I could I, I don't want to say too much, but I think we might have a journalist who was on the ground and, and covered this and uh, will tell us what they saw when it all went down and we'll have that conversation. So thanks for hanging out. Stay safe. Stay calm. And uh, I'll see you tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Again, thank you for hanging out and I will see you all then. Donald Trump has announced that his term is ending and the transition will be orderly. As far as we can tell, this is Trump saying he's lost. It's over. I'm sure there will be people who say that, oh, no, he's just alluding to the fact that there will be an orderly transition to himself. No, come on. Trump is saying his term is ending. Yesterday was absolutely insane, and it was insane for many, many reasons. I don't think it accomplished anything, but I don't think any of this is about accomplishing anything. I think yesterday we just saw raw anger from a lot of people, and I've been warning about this. You know, the left like to say that my predictions are are wrong because they'll choose the ones I get wrong. And now I have many on the right saying I was calling this for a long time, and I have many on the left blaming me for it. But let me make some things clear. Violence doesn't work. What happened yesterday is damaging and effectively ended any fight Trump could have had. And I've been warning about this. Trump needed legitimacy. It's fifth generational warfare, which means we're focused on morality in the hearts and minds of the people. And that is and that those victories come through media and through uh, propaganda and persuasion. Trump was able to succeed in becoming president because of persuasion. But you can see how they reacted to it to his, his presidency. Well, yesterday accomplished nothing but persuading people that things had gone too far. However, the left is already fanning the flames, and I believe that we are now going to see a dramatic escalation worse than anyone could realize. I'll make something clear for you, and then we'll, I'll read these stories. Uh, look, Pence has announced Joe Biden's won. Trump has said his term is ending. But we are seeing fierce escalation. The FBI is now seeking uh, tips on anybody seen inside the, the, the building. And I assure you, the ideological opponents of the Trump supporters will be doing a tremendous amount of Internet sleuthing. Let me make something clear. I said this all throughout the past several months. The reason why we needed to have a court hearing on the merits, the reason why I said the Supreme Court should have taken the Texas lawsuit is because people need to feel like you are listening they need to feel like they actually had a fair chance. It might not have been successful. It may have been a court hearing. And then after they lose, the Trump supporters say, we refuse, we refuse. But we did not get a ruling on the merits. There were some, okay, this is true. There were some, like in Pennsylvania, when they talked about observers, it was the Trump team saying observers were being barred. And you have something like 680,000 votes that nobody was able to actually track. And the court was basically like, how do we respond to that? What would you have us do? Maybe there's something in the future. 
However, many of the claims, especially uh, as it pertains to uh, the voter registration databases, the change of address databases and their correlation, things like that, there's never been proper adjudication or, or a ruling on the merits. None. They've been rejected. In Nevada, I believe it was just tossed out and the judge refused, refused to even look at it. When Trump supporters hear that, well, they feel like they have no voice. They're angry and there's nothing else they can do. It's what desperate people do when they're desperate. And that was the warning I've been giving all along. I said from the get go, I did a video the day after the media called it for Biden. And I said, Republicans should actually be pretty happy. They, they, they defended the Senate pretty well and they won across the board in state legislatures, which will give them the House in 2022. So it was actually a fairly crushing defeat for Democrats, except for the presidency. Well, now we know for a variety of reasons, the Democrats have won in Georgia, and now the Senate will be controlled by Democrats, the executive branch and the House. And we are going to see, uh, I wouldn't, I don't want to call it necessarily a steam rolling through by the Democrats of policy, because you'll still have people like Joe Manchin, but it is going to be particularly crazy. I'm not entirely sure they'll pack the Supreme Court um, because they don't have the strength to do so. So consider that a correction on any past or previous statement I said where I assumed they would. When it was brought to my attention, you had people like Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Then you realize the Democrats do have the majority now with Kamala Harris, but Manchin is now effectively the most powerful politician in, in the federal government because, you know, he's a moderate Democrat and he's only going to side with Democrats so far. So it's not going to be the apocalypse, but it's going to get pretty serious. I'll tell you what will bring about the apocalypse. CNN, um, MSNBC, these pundits saying that, you know, truth and reconciliation, insurrection, saying uh, just fanning the flames. Cori Bush, Congresswoman uh, now in uh, on her first term, I believe, saying that what the Republicans did for defending Trump was treason. And that she was going to pass a uh, uh, draft a resolution, which I believe she already has, calling for their expulsion. Don't you understand where this all leads to? The Democrats and many on the left aren't stopping everything that brought us to this point. Angry Trump supporters who have who feel like their voice is is not being listened to, who feel like they have no chance for redress of grievances, and then they storm the Capitol. And then a woman dies. In fact, four people died yesterday. I think it was stupid. I don't think it accomplished anything for anyone. There was no strategy. But like, I, like I'm, I've been saying, strategy is irrelevant when you just see blind rage. I, can, I say the same thing about uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and the leftist protests. It's just blind rage. They're not going to accomplish anything. And that's been my biggest criticism. What are they doing and why are they doing it? Nonviolent civil disobedience is effective. Violent protests, be it smashing windows or storming the Capitol or burning down buildings, does not accomplish what you think it will. You know, I see people saying like, oh, but the Boston Tea Party and all that, you cannot compare hundreds of years ago to today. We are in the information age. It is a battle for the hearts and minds of the people. We cannot expect to see ground war like we used to because, I mean, truth be told, it's kind of cool that we've gone beyond that. It's now about persuasion and giving someone a good argument and making and, and presenting good ideas. What we saw yesterday actually hurt all of that. So let me let me tell you what's going on with Trump and we'll read this, but I'll, I'll, I'll stress this point. Trump was defiant to the bitter end. There were objectors who were standing up for him. 
there was a call to pause the electoral certification for 10 days. Some were speculating that Pennsylvania, Wisconsin were on the verge of decertifying. I'm not convinced that was true, but let's assume that you did believe that because of what happened yesterday. Now they're calling for invoking the 25th Amendment, impeaching and removing the president. And Trump himself has said it is the end. That would not have happened if there was just a standard, boring electoral joint session. Storming of the Capitol hurt Trump in unimaginable ways. And that's it. Now, my fear after this is the escalation from the left. So let's read from ABC Eyewitness News. The AP reports President Trump says his term is ending. In a tweet from Dan Scavino, uh, he says a statement by the president, even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on, the Jan- on January 20th, Trump said in a statement. He added, uh, while this represents the end of the greatest first term in presidential history, it's only the beginning of our fight to make America great again. They say Trump on Wednesday had encouraged his supporters to march in the Capitol to protest lawmakers actions and later appeared to excuse violent occupation of the Capitol by the mob, which forced its way inside, clashed with police and ransacked offices. Trump called for a protest and he had his event on the ellipse. That's it. What we're seeing now from the pundits and the leftists, the tribalists, is that Trump encouraged, incited, and so did the Republicans. That's the absolute danger I see. Trump didn't do that. Trump had his event. We had Jack Murphy, who was there. Uh, We had him on the show last night, the IRL podcast, and he said it sounded like a concession speech. Trump was saying sometimes it takes more courage to do nothing. And I've been saying for some time, it feels like Trump is trying to wind down the tensions among his supporters and that we're seeing these fumbles and stumbles to keep everybody from, you know, going nuts like they were drawing things out. But it doesn't matter, man. The rage is there. Well, aside from Trump saying it's over, Pence announces Joe Biden's victory after Congress completes the electoral count. It's the most important thing out of all this, I suppose. That's it. That's the news. They say Congress had to recess for nearly six hours because of the mob. But at 3.40 a.m., President-elect Joe Biden had won the presidency after Congress completed the counting of the Electoral College votes. What was largely seen as a perfunctory last step before Mr. Biden's inauguration had turned into a day of chaos after the mob. Joe Biden is now legally, officially president-elect. It's that simple. I mean, the media wanted to jump the gun, and that was the problem. I, 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 and it just... It's so annoying and frustrating. Uh, I, I call it a slow motion car crash. And I'm sitting here watching it, yelling at people, move your car. You're going five miles an hour and you're going to give, give it some time. You're going to crash. What are you doing? Reminds me of Austin Powers. You ever see Austin Powers when the guy in the steamroller is like 150 feet away and the guy's screaming at him and he won't move? That's what it feels like. That since the election, We've known exactly what we need to do to prevent chaos and de-radicalize and de-escalate. They won't do it. It's a bloodlust. I mean, the things I was hearing from CNN, they just, they're not news. You know, I spent all last night with, uh, on the, with, with Luke, Jack, Lydia, and Ian, and, and we're talking about calming people down, de-escalating, violence being wrong. And what you hear from CNN was just, it's Trump's fault. These people are insurrectionists, terrorists, insurgents. And what do you think that's going to do? You know, I, I said this a long time ago. If somebody does something wrong and you don't like what they're doing or who they're associating with, you need to encourage them and give them the opportunity to do right. 
And then when they do something good, you thank them and offer them forgiveness. You know why? If you tell them there is no forgiveness and we will give you no quarter, then they're going to say, I will seek it with whoever will grant it. What happens then is those who are doing things you don't like will find like-minded people. If they treated Trump supporters and Trump with dignity and respect and opposed him, and then he lost but welcomed Trump supporters to come in and have the discussion, they would feel like their voice was being heard and they would have a chance to actually associate and communicate. But the same is true for the left. Or I should say, uh, it's well, I should, I should re- rewind what, I'm, what I mean by that, clarify. The left doesn't want them to come in. The Trump supporters would absolutely have these conversations. So the issue is on the establishment, the mainstream media and leftist publications who are refusing to allow people a chance to speak. And when they do, they mock them. It's derision. Take a look at this from Newsweek. 45% of Republican voters support storming of Capitol building. I understand the anger. I absolutely understood the anger of Black Lives Matter and, 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 you know, to, to play into the, the cliche, I'm from the south side of Chicago, as if I wouldn't understand anger over police brutality. I complain about it all the time. I understand the anger here with what's happening in Washington, D.C. It's why I stopped voting, because I felt like it was pointless. But I'll tell you what makes things worse. Storming the Capitol. And somebody died. All that did was give the left everything they wanted to fan the flames and make it worse. And now I think with Joe Biden about to become president, we face some very, very serious ramifications for what happened yesterday. They've been talking about truth and reconciliation commissions, military tribunals. Now they have their excuse. Joe Biden's going to come in and say, we need to hold accountable those who encouraged or, or uh, you know, instigated this rebellion, this insurrection. And they're going to go after every single person who was in that building. I wouldn't be surprised if they go after people who are just outside the building. And many of the people who went in, some of them journalists, doesn't matter. They're going to lock them up and throw away the key. Why? Because no one seems to understand how you stop this. Uh, Apparently, I'm the only one. Well, that's not true. You've got people like Majid Nawaz, who I quoted the other day, and he's making comments about this right now, saying, you know, I mean, he understands de-radicalization better than anybody. His history is is quite incredible. He was actually involved with terror groups. And then now he's a presenter on the radio in London, uh, an amazing success story. He, He gets it better than anybody. And he's saying similar things to me. We need to sit down and listen. We need to apologize. Even if you don't think you did anything wrong, we need to come together. Otherwise, it's only going to escalate from here. So 45% of Republicans, what does that amount to? 30 million people. I'm sorry, 37 million people. Okay, well, about 35 million because 45, not 50. That's how many uh, people voted for Donald Trump. Not all of them are Republicans. Sure, fine. So let's say of the Republicans, which I think is probably like, what is it, like 30 to to 40 million Republican registered Republicans has gone up. Let's just say 10 million. Let's say 15 million. That's how many people support this. That's kind of scary, don't you think? That's a lot of people. Yeah. So what happens when they keep pushing this stuff? I can't show you this next tweet. I can't show it to you. It's a radio host, apparently for the LBC, advocating for violence. I was going to show it, but I can't. YouTube will probably take this down. Uh, calling for violence against the people who stormed the Capitol. And then a woman was shot and killed. And that's, it's horrifying, man, when I watched that video. 
You see the life drained from her eyes. And she was a, a combat, I believe she was a combat vet. She served a, a four tours in, a, in, a, in Iraq or Afghanistan. I'm not entirely sure. She was climbing up on the window and there was a Capitol Police and he shot her. And I can't believe he did it. There was no reason to. This was just, it was a couple hundred people doing something dumb, but I'm not surprised he did. And I don't, I don't think it's entirely his fault. This is a guy who's, you know, seeing people bang on the door, smashing the windows. They've barricaded it. Now they're going to break in and they don't know what's happening. But I tell you, when you break into a secure facility with armed guards, that's what will happen. I'm sad, man. I'm, I'm sad to hear it. And three other people died due to medical emergencies. Some of the reports are that, you know, people may have fallen. Uh, one individual may have fallen from a great height because they were climbing scaffolding. I'm not sure how the other people uh, ended up losing their lives. But I'll tell you one thing. Over at the New York Post. They say madness storms capital. It's time for America's center to stand strong. And they're right. They talk about uh, a lot of people are bringing this up. Not only did we see widespread riots that result in around 30 deaths. We saw David Dorn rushing in to defend his 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 buddy's pawn shop killed live on camera and and regular people. America's center were mortified. And what did the media do? And what did the left do? They said it was peaceful protests. They downplayed the violent, the violence. MSNBC, I believe, they had a guy standing in front of a burning building, just flames, 50 feet in the air. And he said, it's a, it's, it's a mostly peaceful protest, outright defending all of this. Cuomo on CNN said, who said protests have to be you know, peaceful or whatever, and which, which got us the, the famous ramen guy. It's right there in the First Amendment, Mr. Cuomo. You just got to look it up. That's what the mainstream media was doing. But, but worse still, was the Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, where three people were shot and killed in a, in a, in a hailstorm of bullets. Well, two of them, uh, you know, it was a hailstorm. One person, it was like a drive-by. It was uh, 10 minutes of shooting hundreds of rounds into an SUV from some kids who were apparently joyriding. And we were all shocked and mortified by this. The next thing we saw was in Portland, a Trump supporter walking down the street minding his own business when an avowed anti-fascist, an Antifa, yelled and put two bullets in his chest. And that man died. His name was Aaron Danielson. And now, once again, it is a Trump supporter who is dead. But what does the media do? Once again, they blame the right. They will accept no fault for what they've done. And I can only imagine that means the people on the right will not accept what is happening now. Of course they won't. How can they? The double standard. The Democrats get away with it. The way we described it the other night was they control cultural institutions. The Daily, uh, I believe Daily Wire is now doing movies incredibly smart. That's your path to victory. Developing culture, making good content, having fun and inspiring and encouraging people. This is fifth generational warfare. The way you win is by telling is proving to people that you are morally, morally just or right and uh, being good to them and inspiring them and having fun and making them smile. It's one of the things that the right had been particularly good at for some time with memes. But because the big tech uh, and the establishment shut down many of these voices, it resulted in people just snapping and going off. The path of success right now is building culture and helping the economy recover. Things like what David Portnoy is doing, where he's helping small businesses during the COVID lockdown and certainly calling out these issues. But this is why I said I want to start a vlog and we're, we're going to be doing music and stuff because it's one thing to just you, 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 we can't just sit here and be negative and complain all the time. Anyway, look, I digress. There, 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 to this day, I have not seen any, rec uh, any, um, I don't know, apology 
from the establishment over their encouragement and incitement of what happened uh, with the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd protests. If anything, they are still adamant it was the right move. Think about how insane it is that Trump supporters have one major event. And it was an, it was drastic. It resulted in Trump supporters dying. And it's the worst day in human history or in American history. It's it's the oh, they're saying the, the Capitol has not been breached since 1814. Come on. These were American citizens. This wasn't a foreign adversary invading this country. But I look at what happened with the left wing protests in, in, in June and those rioters killed innocent people and or innocent people died in the riots. Some innocent people were killed like in the Chaz. And we don't get any of this. It's going to get worse. And I don't want it to. I want to go back to playing video games. I want to go back a year ago talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. I just went and watched Wonder Woman 1984 and didn't like it. I was really bummed out. I thought it was a movie. I don't think it's the worst movie in the world, but eh. you know, it was whatever the popcorn. You, you sit there, you watch it, you roll your eyes at the end and there were some plot holes and stuff. Why can't I, I want to go back to just hanging out and talking about cultural politics? I don't know if we can recover. I, I, I don't. Take a look at this from Cori Bush. She tweeted, I believe the Republican members of Congress who have incited this domestic terror attack through their attempts to overturn the election must face consequences. They have broken their sacred oath of office. I will be introducing a resolution calling for their expulsion. Heaven help us if she succeeds with the Democrat majority in the House. I don't think every Repo- every Democrat would support it, and that's why it probably would fail. But if she succeeded, Republicans being expelled, I don't I don't think it's it, it could happen. But the fact that she's even saying it is, is is the crazy thing, because this is when Republicans start to say, "See, it's not about politics anymore." They're still trying to just seize power and crush everything. You want to know? Uh, I, I think there's, a, there's an interesting question that needs to be had as well. Where were the police? Where was the security system? Where were the, the walls? How did this happen in D.C.? I guess you could say that Trump wanted it to happen. Maybe some people. I mean, when when the people started storming the Capitol, Trump said, uh, this is what this is what happens when, you know, when you have this landslide taken from you, never, you know, leave, go home in peace. Never forget this day. And I'm like, that is basically saying you get what you deserve to the system. And that was wrong. But I don't think Trump gets it. Trump's been flopping and floundering for quite some time. He's done some good things there. Are, I, I didn't support the guy up until mid this year. And it, well, not even mid this year, to be honest, I think it was August. And it was mostly having to do with critical race theory and, and war. But you look at where he's at now and uh, Trump should have done. He should have immediately come down and said, no, shut it down, because I don't think he realized how much it was hurting him. Trump supporters don't realize how much Lynn Wood was hurting them. And Trump supporters, the, the most ardent, got mad at me when I mentioned Lynn Wood was hurting him. But I was right. And here we are. But here's the issue. You'd think with all of the dramatic escalation and riots and violence over this year, especially that security in D.C. would have been quite extreme. They were talk. They brought in the National Guard. They were talking about fears of violence, yet they only had a single line of Capitol Police guarding the barricades. And there's a video where Capitol Police opened the barricades to allow the people to come up to the Capitol building. That's mind blowing. Why would they do that? Well, there's two ways you can look at it. I guess a complete and total failure of police and security in uh, uh, D- in D.C. or 
They wanted the Trump supporters to come in and do it. I think many Trump supporters believe that it was intentionally lax. And I think the left think the cops just support them. But I'll tell you what, there's a video where as they're storming the building, someone takes a selfie with a cop. That's right. They were helpless and they just just got steamrolled and they're taking selfies with people. I have to wonder how something like this happens. You know, the, the police were fighting with people. A woman is, has, was shot and killed. So I don't think it was for lack of trying to stop them. I think it was at some level they didn't let they, they didn't prepare for what was very obvious. To be fair, I had been saying even up until yesterday afternoon, I did not think Trump supporters would do anything. I did not because they mostly just walk around and wave little American flags. This time, a bunch of people did. So I was wrong about that. I was. You know, I've been talking about an escalation of, con- of conflict, you know, civil crisis, whatever. But I didn't think Trump supporters would go and do this. I really didn't. And they did. So today's going to be an interesting day. Trump said it's over. That's it. It's the end. But it's not the end of what's been happening in this country. It may be the end for Trump's presidency. But what they're doing in the media and what they've been doing for some time has led to this moment. Everything that happened that caused Trump to get elected is not stopping. It's getting worse. And I give you now one final thought, a really fascinating article by the Daily Beast. The GOP is replaying the conspiracy that predicted Rome's fall. It's really interesting. They talk about Catalin, probably pronouncing it wrong, Catalina, Lucius Sergius. Apparently, he tried to stage a coup when he lost. And three years later, Caesar, who had seen it all go down, feeling that the system had become corrupt, felt that he must take over. They're saying that this is what's playing out. Trump is not Caesar himself. Why? He's, in fact, Catalina, who lost an election and then marshaled a raggedy coalition uniting oligarchical senators, lower class Romans and foreign leg breakers to stage an armed uprising and overthrow the existing ruling clique. The Catalan conspiracy was less an ideological movement or a revolt. Uh, motivated by real material disposition than naked self-interest writ at large, according to historian Mike Duncan. It was also farcical, poorly planned, and badly executed. Catalan's faction was easily defeated by the consul or executive Marcus Tullius Cicero. The failed Catalan conspiracy echoes in 2021, not because it destroyed the Roman Republic, but because it exposed how rotten the foundations of the Republic had already become. Julius Caesar was elected Three years later, after witnessing Catalan's hastily improvised failure firsthand, Caesar laid his own plans far more carefully. So it's not going to stop. We'll see what happens today. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. When leftists go out and protest, and when they go out and riot, they have legal support. There's the National Lawyers Guild, and there's the ACLU. When these rioters destroy things, they take precautions. They'll wear masks, sunglasses, uh, hats, sweaters, hoodies, etc. And they'll all wear the same colors so that you can't identify them. In Washington, D.C., on January 20th, 2017, several hundred people got arrested. I was actually in the group that was arrested. Now, what happened was this large group of people, many of them wearing all black, were surrounded by police and blocked in. The police made the announcement that you are all under arrest. You are not free to leave. That is the initial process by which people are arrested. Now, eventually, one of the officers, I kept waving to him, long story short, let him know I was press. And when he came to remove journalists from the arrest, ultimately, I was one that got out, showed him my press card. He let me go. 
That was, for all intents and purposes, an arrest. They didn't charge or process me. That's a, a lot of people are confused as to what it means to be arrested. But I was. It was not, I was not detained. I was declared by the police three times to have been arrested. The people in that group were tried, but there was no way to actually bring charges on an individual basis because there was no evidence any individual had actually done anything. A large group of people mostly wearing black. And the court says, what's your evidence that they committed these crimes? Simply marching through D.C. wearing black is not a crime. Some people who were wearing all black and marching started fires and destroyed things. The prosecutor tried charging them with conspiracy. The idea being that because they were all wearing black, they were conspiring with each other to get away with the crime. That did not fly. And these individuals, for the most part, were cut loose. A few people did plead guilty, and many assume if they didn't, they probably would have just gotten away with it. What we're seeing right now, the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal reports, some rioters expected to face federal charges. Law enforcement, federal law enforcement are saying they've identified at least a dozen people and probably more who will be arrested and probably go to prison. Metropolitan police say 69 people have been arrested, mostly on curfew related charges. Now, when the left goes out, as I mentioned, they have protections. Not only are they disguising themselves, covering up their identities, but they have legal support. It mitigates the risk for them. They feel emboldened because they have support to go out and commit these acts. Kamala Harris herself tweeted out a fundraiser for rioters in Minnesota. Joe Biden's staff contributed to it. These are people who know that they will receive institutional support from longstanding legal organizations like the ACLU and from politicians themselves. And that's one of the reasons why it's easy for them to do this. Trump supporters don't have that at all. And that's why I think what we saw the other day is probably one of the scariest events I've seen in a long time or ever. I mean, to be completely honest, ever. And I mean it. Look, I've seen actual revolutions, okay? But it's not as scary when I'm in another country watching it happen to somebody else. This is here in the United States. Some people on the ground who were inside the building were calling it a revolution, be it extremely silly, but they're at least pushing for this. Now, let me tell you, when I see Antifa, Black Lives Matter and the far left engage in these actions, I just look, I know that they have support and they're not scared to see Trump supporters with smiles on their faces, with no legal support and no attempt to even protect themselves as they do this. They don't care anymore. And that's why this is scary. I'm sure many of these people realized what they were doing. I'm sure many of them didn't. I made the statement several times that Ulysses S. Grant said, when you, you know, anyone who feels oppressed is a statement from Ulysses S. Grant. When anyone feels oppressed by their government is their right to, you know, in, in, declare a revolution of sorts, but you're putting your life, your property, your, your guarantees as a citizen on the line. And should you lose, you will then have to live under the rules of your conqueror. I didn't think any of these Trump supporters would actually do it, but many of them, it was a couple hundred, I believe, broke in. What we're seeing now and what I find to be worrying is that these are people who just don't have anything left to lose. And that's what I warned about. They're desperate. They've lost their businesses. They've lost their income. And what's left? Constitutional rights are being curtailed, so they just don't care. The system is breaking. It's not something I want to happen. Quite the opposite. 
I would much prefer to just skateboard and be in the middle of nowhere and ride around on ATVs and make videos about <laughs> make videos about Birds of Prey, the movie, you know, and Sonic the Hedgehog and Wonder Woman. That's what we were doing before. But everything started to go crazy. And I predicted it. Not like some genius. I just read it in the news. I love it. The left likes to criticize me saying, all you do is read other people's news articles. Okay, well, I give my opinion. I mean, to be fair. And yeah, I do uh, read other people's news articles. Uh-huh. And also do a, some original reporting. They just don't think I do enough. But this, they, 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 they act like it's some genius move. There's, I deserve no credit for saying I can see what's happening. When, the, when, when you had national security experts writing opinion pieces saying they think civil war is coming. It's not doesn't take a genius to read that and say, wow, national security experts say a civil war is coming. I think they might be right. How is that smart in any way? No, I think I'm just some dude who reads news online and tries to sort through what's true or not and then complains about stuff on the Internet. And that's a joke I have to make about myself, which is why we're, we're focusing on building this vlog and, we, and creating and having music events and doing comedy. And we haven't gotten there yet. I don't know if we will, considering what's going on. It's getting freaky, freakier than I've seen. Ever. I want to show you what's going on with these arrests, but I want to explain to you something very important in this segment. The reason why this happened is because the establishment wants it to happen. Jake Tapper tweeting out, how could this have happened? Ask Trump enabling politicians and media who have for years ignored warnings that something like this would inevitably inevitably happen. Jake Tapper wants the chaos. I know it's a bold thing to say. A lot of people were claiming I do too. Let me tell you the difference between me and Jake Tapper. Uh, I should say, for the most part, CNN. I have condemned all the violence, all of it. I did a segment on the IRL podcast where I said we opened right away with the Proud Boys starting to act like Antifa. And why should I support property destruction? Why should I, why, why should I support Proud Boys attacking Antifa after they've already won the fight? Proud Boys beating up two people who clearly lost, tearing down flyers from a church. That's private property. No, I said no to that. That's exactly what I complained about Antifa for. I defended the police when they were protecting small businesses, and I criticized them when they were destroying small businesses. Has CNN? No. It was Cuomo who said, who says protests have to be peaceful anyway, which again, you, you've heard me say it before, got us ramen, you know, guy who said it's right there in the First Amendment. You just got to look it up, Cuomo. That's right. The First Amendment, which says peaceably assemble. Cuomo along with many Democratic politicians, had been advocating for violence. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. They have been advocating for violence. We have AOC saying, what if activists aren't PR firms? This is December 2nd. This is only a month ago. What if activists aren't PR firms for politicians? And the demands are because police budgets are exploding. Community resources are shrinking to bankroll it. And people brought this up for ages, but it wasn't until they said defund that comfortable people started paying attention to brutality. The thing that critics, critics of activists don't get is that they tried playing the polite language policy game, and all it did was make them easier to ignore. It wasn't until they made folks uncomfortable that there was traction to do anything, even if it wasn't their full demands. The whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists that discomfort with the stat, that take discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes Popular support often starts small and grows. To folks who complain, protest demands make others uncomfortable. That's the point. To be fair, that's not a call for violence. She's just saying make people uncomfortable. But we have absolutely seen people like David Cross. F that. I want blood. Probably joking. I think he was just trying to be silly. But this is not a time to joke about wanting blood from your political opponents. Cory Bush tweeted, stop saying peaceful protest. It's either nonviolent or violent. 
It's never peaceful. If it is, it's not a protest. We show up to disrupt peace and normalcy to bring about change. If you're protesting to make yourself feel good and have peace, stay home. Vox.com. Riots are destructive, dangerous, and scary, but can lead to serious social reforms. August 2016. These aren't the only examples. We, of course, have the very famous book, uh, In Defense of Looting, A Riotous History of Uncivil Action by Vicki Osterwell. I remember when I was in Ferguson and people were destroying everything and an article was written, I believe, by this individual called In Defense of Looting. When for years you tell people this is the game to be played and how you win, don't be surprised when you get what you ask for. Oh, and they're and they're celebrating. They love it. This is exactly what they wanted. They were telling people that Trump supporters were violent insurrectionists, but it wasn't happening. They just needed this and they got it. And that's why I've routinely said of the Proud Boys and of the right, don't play the game. You will lose. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying you should be happy about it, but you need strategy to navigate this political world and be effective. And violence is not effective. In fact, it didn't even help Black Lives Matter, even though the media may have defended them during the George Floyd riots, saying things like, you know, oh, but we got to make people uncomfortable. We got to challenge the system. Don't you understand their anger? It's the language of the unheard. They said it. Black Lives Matter before the George Floyd incident last year had 18 percent net approval, according to civics. And after the riots, it has now dropped to eight percent net support. Eight. They lost 10 percent because they rioted. One of the stupidest things you can do, getting violent. And what do we get now from these individuals who broke in? I can understand they're angry. Absolutely. I understand why Black Lives Matter activists are angry. I understand that people are all collectively angry about being locked down and not knowing how to, how to you know, get through this and how to survive. And I can also understand that when you are enraged, you need to stop and think, be calm and strategize. Lest you see this. They say federal authorities expect to arrest more than a dozen members of the pro-Trump mob that on Wednesday overran the U.S. Capitol according to law enforcement officials familiar with the matter, as they scour through social media posts and cell phone records to determine who was involved in the chaotic breach. The U.S. Capitol Police were quickly overwhelmed by Wednesday afternoon as thousands of rioters, some firing chemicals at the police, stormed the building, shattering windows and freely roaming the halls and lawmakers offices. Some of the rioters are expected to face federal charges in the coming days, the official said. Right now, there are many right wing uh, politicians and personalities saying they believe that Antifa was involved and they were the ones who did it. And they're showing images. No, no, these are Trump supporters. However, I have talked to some people and there may have been, say, one or two prominent anti-government types, but I don't think it's fair to call them Antifa. There were posts going up on Facebook the day before saying, don't go to D.C., let fascists fight themselves. So when I saw that Antifa didn't actually show up, I wasn't all that surprised. There may have been a few people there who were Antifa aligned or had been associated at some point. But for the most part, it's Trump supporters. These are not people in disguise. Antifa wears masks. They know what they're doing. Most of these people were not wearing masks. We're not protecting their identity. We're just laughing and smiling as they as they did it all. And well, they're probably going to go to prison because of it. They say the U.S. Capitol Police were quickly overwhelmed Wednesday afternoon. And, and we all know this. They're going to say they let uh, the Capitol Police let many of the demonstrators exit the building after it was secured late Wednesday afternoon, leaving investigators to reconstruct who was involved through videos and other records of the episode. Here's what I don't understand. Why didn't they just secure the building from the outside? 
and then everyone who was inside arrested. Would have been that simple. They didn't. Why did they not have a strong security presence? Don't ask me. Maybe to be fair, like me, they just thought it wouldn't happen. Trump supporters would not do this. How many? Look, I, I get so much flack from Trump supporters when I uh, when I said that they didn't have the political willpower to do anything. I was wrong. I, I get it. A couple hundred people certainly did. And they said that I was calling them cowards and that I was a cuck and all that stuff. I just didn't think they would do this because conservatives don't. Right now, conservatives on various social networks are complaining about what happened. Prominent ones. And that's my point. First of all, it's not an issue of political willpower to go and do something like this. I thought it was political willpower. I, I said, I'll tell you what. First of all, this was dumb and nobody should have done it. What I was saying earlier is, will there be enough people on the ground for Trump to do something? And that if there were, Trump will probably just say, let's roll, baby. But not in the sense of like, they're going to storm the Capitol building, ransack offices. No, I was saying like Trump saying, you know, maybe uh, Insurrection Act or martial law or something if he had public support. What this did was guaranteed that Trump could see he doesn't. He lost it. You know, what's interesting about the, the electoral vote count is that they were objecting and uh, Ted Cruz said he wanted a 10 day investigatory period. Probably would have gotten it, but maybe. And then Trump would have had some last ditch effort. But because of this, it was just done. It was just done. We have a tweet here from John Cruzel. D.C. police made 69 arrests between yesterday afternoon and overnight for unrest related offenses compared to 289 arrests on June 1st during Black Lives Matter protests following George Floyd's death. I do think it is particularly interesting that that is the case. From CBS News, May 30th, Trump rips White House protesters as vicious dogs were ready. There's a photo going around from the George Floyd protests of D.C. burning. Far leftists broke through the barricade at the White House. They tried burning down the, uh, I believe it's St. John's Church, a historical church was set ablaze. Law enforcement was able to secure it, put the fire out. The next day, the protesters came back. They came back and Trump was criticized when the police cleared them out. And they said he did it for a photo op. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, they claim it wasn't true, that it was just, you know, they, they announced a certain time they were going to remove everybody. And then Trump took a photo in front of the church, maybe to show people that the rioters didn't control the streets and that we saved one of our monuments. When the far left set fire and nearly destroyed a historical landmark and breached the first perimeter gate at the, at the, at the White House, where was the media screaming this is an insurrection? They said it was righteous anger. They said we're not supposed to be peaceful. That's what they claimed. Now I see this. And much like I explained uh, often with how the right and the left operate, the left engages in what I call blunt attacks versus sharp. The left will do a series of moderately damaging and terrifying uh, riots and protests. And the media often does give them cover. But for the most part, you know, smashing a department store window isn't the biggest deal in the world. Smashing the Capitol building window is. The right tends to do uh, actions or they're associated with actions that are more extreme and not blunt. So what I mean is when you finally do get something from the right, it's going to be huge. And I don't think it ends here. I don't. I think that the, the, the problems that were happening in this country that led to the election of Donald Trump have just in, been increased tenfold. Notably, Facebook has announced that Trump will be blocked from posting for the remainder of his term. Yeah. 
Facebook says uh, on Facebook and Instagram, Trump will not be allowed to speak. And already even conservatives who denounce the violence are, are furious. The president of the United States, sure, for two more weeks, but still two more weeks. Doesn't matter. Facebook said no. They have more power than the president. I'm not a fan of what Trump said following the, the unrest. I'm not a fan of what the Trump supporters did, because what I had been saying before was like, wow, could you imagine if so many Trump supporters came out and like blocked the roads that session couldn't happen? Peaceful, nonviolent civil disobedience, dramatically different. But people are angry and it resulted in chaos. But now we're seeing what made people angry increase tenfold. The language of the unheard. That's what they say about these riots from Black Lives Matter. And what would you call this? The people who were uh, some of the people who are seen inside the building were people who had been permanently banned from social media. Isn't that interesting? I'm not going to say their names, but a couple of them both had received you know, permanent bans from some of the most prominent platforms. They're now the unheard, I suppose, with nothing left to lose. They've got no jobs. They've got no access. They can't communicate. They can't argue. They've been excised. And so they snap. Some of these people just weren't prominent to begin with and had nothing left to lose. But when I see these videos from the, from the COVID lockdown, where you have people saying they're desperate, they can't pay their employees, I, I warn that it's not going to improve from here. Uh, it's breaking down. I don't know uh, how fast it'll happen, but I can say it feels like it's happening faster and faster and faster. And as much as there are people, it, it, you know, I love it. The left says, oh, you were wrong. You thought Trump was going to win. And I'm like, okay, I thought Trump was going to win if, he, if certain hypotheticals were, uh, were met, like Trump, you know, uh, pardoning certain people or appointing like Tulsi Gabbard and, and unifying the left if possible, which probably wouldn't work with Tulsi. They don't like her. But I was like, there's a series of things Trump could do and then he would win in a landslide or that the riots were so destructive if they continued without being stopped that Trump would win. Well, Many of these hypotheticals didn't come true. And so the left certainly says Tim was wrong. Don't listen to a word he says. He couldn't, you know, predict anything. I'm not going to pretend to be a psychic who can see the future. But when I predicted this over and over again, telling you what I'm seeing and what I think will happen, well, then they blame me. They say, it's your fault, my fault, that I warned you and I told you what needed to be done to prevent this. How insane. You know, it's the way it is. There's a guy he's looking at a building saying, hey, that's going to start on fire. You better you better stop you know, playing with matches. And then when someone finally sets the fire, they look at you and said, you said this was going to happen. How did you know? It is your fault. Really? I read some news articles. Isn't that the criticism? I read some news articles and they said this was coming. I watched street battles happen on the ground. And I said to myself, how does this stop when both sides are convinced they are right? And so I ask people, I was talking to a friend of mine who's very lefty, and she said that this will calm down because nobody really wants to fight. And I said, you think people right now with this ideological split will learn to live with each other, will agree to just live by insane, like contradictory ideas? It doesn't make sense to say that you're for or against critical race theory, for instance. And, you know, um, you know, just like how about this? The CDC advising distribution of the vaccine by race. I assure you, most Trump supporters would reject that outright and say, absolutely not. And the left would say, absolutely, yes. Who's going to compromise on that? Which group is going to be like, OK, let's agree to do some racially segregated medication. That's insane. That, I'm sorry, is a line that many people on the right will not cross. And so there will not be a compromise 
because the left won't cross it either. Instead, they'll both claim that they're being obstructed by the other, and they're not wrong. You might say the critical race theory stuff is insane, and I would agree with you. I'm not going to compromise with these racial segregationists, these neo-segregationists. It's, it's insane. And they're going to say on the other side, it's white supremacists and racists. There's no reconciliation there and there's no compromise. That's why I can't imagine this de-escalating because I do not see the Trump supporters shaking hands with the likes of, uh, of the writers at Vox.com or uh, Jake Tapper when he blames Trump. Meanwhile, they're the ones who have been saying over and over again that rioting is good. The language of the unheard. We have to respect the anger. Are they going to come shake your hand now? as they watched their homes and cities burn and their businesses destroyed, and then you said it was okay, you want them to compromise with that. On the inverse, when Joe Biden said, we need to unify, and then David Cross says, F that, I want blood, you think they will come together? They won't. They are now saying you expect us to unite and compromise with the far right clan and, and you know white nationalists, etc. They won't. So forgive me for being pessimistic, but I don't even know if it's pessimistic. I'm just saying I'm watching a slow motion car crash. And no matter how many times I tell people, I don't know how you avert this because they're on the same track. This is so many people just say not true. Nope, nope, you're wrong. But now people are starting to say it's begun. Well, I'll tell you this for now. These people are going to get uh, arrested and they're going to go to prison. But the people who are going to prison, they were calling themselves revolutionaries. They believed that by going in this building, they were somehow going to take political power. That's not how political power works. Maybe 300 years ago, if you controlled the building, people would say, okay, I guess. That's not how it works today, especially. So they accomplished nothing. But I fear that with their imprisonment, they will just be considered political prisoners who are challenging the establishment. What you need to understand is, though it may start small now, you might look at this, and there's a couple of ways to see it. People talk about the left gaining power and taking over, and they say, this is what happened in communist countries. Before you know it, the left is in power. Well, the inverse is true. You take a look at the right, and you can say, this is how you know revolution and civil war starts. Look what they're doing. They're the seeds. Maybe. Maybe these individuals who go to prison become political prisoners, effectively, I don't, I don't want to say martyr, but in a sense, right? Risking their freedom to challenge the establishment. If sentiment starts rising that the establishment is corrupt, which is pretty much there, and then these people, you know, start writing things and advocating for it, we have seen many times throughout history, bad people and good people be arrested for their political beliefs only to write books and then come out and become very you know, prominent leaders. Some of them dangerous and evil, and some of them prominent and respected. I don't know if that'll happen with these people because they don't think they, they look like they really thought things through. But there may be others who see this and say, these people should be released. It was a it was a protest, blah, blah, blah. So listen, the one thing that I think it's fair to predict, escalation. I'm going to talk a bit about that in the next segment, because what we're starting to hear now from the prominent, uh, the high profile leftists, they want blood. It's the easiest way to put it. They want Trump immediately arrested and convicted. They want they're swearing, they're cussing. And they are calling for the expulsion of Republicans, and they're calling it treason. This is what will continue the hyperpolarization. So I can only imagine chaos is next. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.